I believe that. Open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Genesis chapter 42. You know, if you don't get excited over that song, it's because you don't think you have a future. And you don't know who God is. But he's never satisfied with what he has done. He's going to do more. You believe it? I want to preach this morning a message that I pray the Lord makes real to your heart. In Genesis, the 42nd chapter, now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where did you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Now notice, then, everybody say then. When he saw him, when he saw the brothers that had done him so wrong, he saw the brothers that he had not seen in 20 plus years. He remembered the dreams that he had dreamed about them. What was the dream? If you read the book of Genesis in 37, 38, he dreamed of a harvest and he saw those brothers bowing down in that dream. But he saw a harvest bowing down. The harvest bent over, representing Jesus said, the harvest is ripe, souls, the lost. He remembered the dream when he saw his brothers. I want to talk to you for a few moments, and I'm really going to preach to dreamers, and you say, I don't have one. Well, you're in the right place today. Daniel chapter 2, there's a strange dream that God gave Nebuchadnezzar, Babylonian king, and in the dream, it was so dynamic that it would shape the entire story of human history. He, had a, he saw a statue in a dream that had a gold head. Notice the deterioration of, of human existence, kingdoms. It starts with gold. It has silver, brass, iron, and then ending with clay feet. I believe, I believe prophetically, and all of those different Materials represented different kingdoms that have come and gone in human existence. I believe we're now at the clay feet. All of everything could collapse. And in the dream, Nebuchadnezzar saw a stone, a simple stone, start rolling down the hill and hit that statue that was so powerful of 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 human ingenuity and power and the glories and kingdoms of kings and men. And that rock, that stone hit the feet, the clay feet, and it collapsed. And suddenly the king of kings and the Lord of lords said, I've brought a new kingdom to take over the world. But here's the amazing thing about this dream. He forgot it. When he woke up, you would think something that important something that is historic and world-shaking, but he could not re recall it. He forgot it. And he said, the thing, that's what he called it in Daniel 2. He said, the thing has left me. So he calls his magicians and he calls his soothsayers and his fortune tellers and his witches, and he calls them in and he says, tell me the dream and tell me the interpretation. I cannot bring it up. I can't remember it. I've forgotten the dream. And, the, and he said, if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. I believe that a lot of people have forgotten the dream. And God needs to give a restoration of the dream to every person in this room. You see, we don't just sing to sing. We don't just come to church to come to church. We don't just do what we do to do it. The only reason that we're not in heaven today, the only reason the rapture has not taken place yet is because God is still trying to get somebody else saved. 
He doesn't want them to be left. He doesn't want them to go to hell. In the story of Joseph, the Bible said that Jacob, Joseph's father, loved him more than his other sons and made him a coat of favor, a coat of many colors that represented his favor on his son. And it upset the other brothers because his favor was on that boy in the form of that coat of many colors. It's the favor of God upon his children that I believe upsets hell as much as anything. And it's obvious to me, we, we, we don't take any credit. We're careful to give God the glory. But I just want to proclaim that God's favor is upon this church. That God's favor is upon this place. That God's favor is upon His people and upon His families that are represented under the sound of my voice at all of our campuses. We have a special place in the sight of God, just like Joseph did. I don't know why, but we must acknowledge. I, I, I believe in being given God the glory and being humble, but I also, the older I get, the bolder I get. I don't have time to waste anymore. And I feel like saying when the favor of God is on you, you need to recognize the favor of God is on you. Not for your glory, not for your fame, not for your name, but for His name and His kingdom that will never end. Turn to somebody and say, the favor of the Father is here. He was separated from His brothers by a coat of many colors. And by the way, the more that God puts His favor on you, the more you stand out. That's why it was a coat. It was a loud coat, a coat of many colors. And you try to conceal it and you try to be cool about it. But when God really wraps favor on you, it becomes loud in your life and it's hard. And at some point you get tired of trying to apologize for all the goodness and blessings of God. You don't know what somebody went through. You don't know what they did. You don't know if they, you don't know how long they tithed and their mama and daddy tithed and their great granddaddy tithed. Sometimes blessings are just catching up with us. That's why even if I don't get the harvest off everything that I've sown, I know my children will, my grandchildren will, because God doesn't forget one thing you do for His name's sake. Oh, I need somebody to go on and shout. Hallelujah. It's a coat of many colors. It had diversity. It's a coat of many colors. It had variety. It wasn't just one thing in one way. But God's kingdom is diverse. God's kingdom is powerful. Because His name is here. Because we know the power of His blood and His name and His word. His favor is upon us. And nothing is impossible. And your latter shall be greater than your first. All things are possible. The Bible said his brothers hated him because the gift of his father was upon him. But there's something that Satan hates more than talented people and gifted people and blessed people and people who are so favored of God that, that people notice how blessed. There's something greater than that and something hell hates more than the people of God being favored. I, I, I can't get away from it. Blessings are chasing you. You can't run fast enough. You can't run hard enough to get away from the prayers of your granny that's been dead and people who prayed. Your godly heritage is going to overtake you. Deuteronomy said all these blessings will overtake you. And you're going to wonder why is this happening and how did this happen and what happened. It's just all these blessings shall form a tidal wave and they're going to fall on one generation and we are that generation and you ought to get happy and you ought to get up with a new outlook that says this is the day the Lord has made and I have not forgotten the dream. The dream is God will bless and use me to win souls for the kingdom of God. 
But notice, they hated him yet the more. When they saw him, they said, Behold, the dreamer comes. It bothered them that he had the favor, but it bothered them more. And the Scripture said in one place that they hated him the more because he had the dream. They didn't like that he had the gift of favor, but they really didn't like, and this is a sign of what Satan fears and what irritates and breaks his back, is when people not only have the favor of God, say, I've got it, but when people have a dream from God and the favor of God, they are a threat to Satan's kingdom. Satan doesn't care if we have gifts and talent and favor and blessings if we stay in a back room with it. But God's about to put His Pentecostal power on parade. God's about to put His church on parade. God's about to put His bride on parade. God's about to wrap us in favor and say, what do you mean stay out of entertainment? What do you mean stay out of politics? What do you mean stay out of this and stay out of that? Keep your little thing in the church building. When God's favor and God's dream comes on us, it's to save a nation. That's what, that's what Joseph had. He had a dream to save a dying nation. Famine was there. Famine was coming, and the only thing that could save it was a man who had the favor of God and had a dream from God. The devil doesn't care what we have as long as we don't do anything with it. When David arrived to fight the giant Goliath, the Bible said, they were setting the battle in array for 40 days in a row. They were, the Bible said they were putting their fighting clothes on. Every morning they got up, put their fighting clothes on, got their sword, got their shield, got all their armor on, got their helmets on. Everybody suited up, blessed, fed, taken care of. Goliath is, is screaming for a fight. The Philistines are mocking them, and they get dressed up, all ready for battle, and look at each other. Look at one another. Oh, y'all don't want me to preach today. It reminds me of a lot of Christians who say we aim to do this. We aim one day to do that. We aim when, we, when, when, when one of these days I'm going to really do something. Quit aiming and fire. I mean, look at the condition of our nation. If we're going to ever do anything, we need to quit aiming and we need to fire. We need to stand up. We need to pray. We need revival. We need a dream for revival in America again. We need, we need to dream that our schools could explode with a Holy Ghost revival. We need to dream. We need to believe that, that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Nothing upsets the devil and assaults his kingdom more than when his people who know his name and are covered in his blood begin to dream. Folks who dare to dream of the harvest are a threat to Satan. It's your fault that I keep reaching for more. Because when we started with a little building over there and we got up and started preaching, people started dreaming. They got that starry look in their eye. We can win this city. We can turn this city upside down. We can change this community. We can do it. We can get that property. We can build a building. We can get another property. and build. It's your fault. I'm not going to stop. Good for that building. Next. Come on, dreamers. Come on, dreamers. You're never too old to dream. Nothing upsets the devil more than when spirit-filled people start purchasing property and enlarging the territory and dreaming and doing more and more and more. It breaks Satan's back. I think it really bugs him that we got a campus in downtown Atlanta. I really believe it bugs him that we're growing. I could see the devil having an emergency meeting and calling in all, some of his top lieutenant demons and saying, what happened to that little country bumpkin church in Gainesville? How did it get from there to here? I'm going to tell you how. 
The Holy Spirit brought favor. And when favor comes, dreams come. And when dreams come from God, the blessing of provision comes. When God, if you can dream it, God can do it. I could see him meeting and saying, what, what dumb imp? I said dumb, not a bad word. What dumb imp? Let that thing get out of hand to where they're preaching the gospel all over the world. Why did this happen? I don't know what happened, sir. They started this fasting and praying. And the next thing I knew, Jack was out of the box. Hallelujah. Can we praise God for what he's done and what he's brought us through and where he's brought us to? Did you hear what I just said? We didn't we didn't borrow a penny on that building. We don't we don't borrow no more. Hallelujah. We lend. <laughs> Glory. And you don't have to shout cuz I knew I knew the other side of that coin. And if he did it before, all he's saying is, I just want you to keep dreaming. Now you're learning how to use faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. All things are possible. The best is yet to come. You know, you, you can get over a mud hole if you want to. And if the mud hole's right here, if I get down like this and I put my nose right up to it and look right there, I can think I'm seeing the whole Atlantic Ocean. That's what some of you've done. All you see is the mud hole. Hallelujah. Preach. I guess what I'm preaching is let's go, dreamers. Turn to somebody and say, dream it, dreamer. Don't stop. Dream it, dreamer. Let's go. And I'm not here to pep you up. I'm not, here, I'm not here to excite you. I'm telling you there's so much more that God has for us, but we quit dreaming. We get beat up by life. We go through stuff. We, I, please don't think that we just got here. We've been through hell. We've had demons, devils, everything you can imagine has come at us. But what I've learned is it's not my dream to sustain God is the sustainer of the dream. And when it looks like the dream is dead and Satan's waving a bloody coat saying it's dead, it's over, God says, I have sustained the dream. Even when you don't see it, I'm working. Even when you can't see it, I'm moving. And don't you ever think I'll let my dream die. I want you to understand that there's more to compromise than just compromising your standards and compromising in your doctrine. Many people have compromised their dreams, the dream that God had for your life. Don't compromise your dream. I'll tell you what happens when somebody really gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what happens? There'll be a witness. The Bible said the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you'll be a witness. Well, you'll witness and you'll worship. The Bible said they speak, they speak with tongues. You'll get a prayer language and a, and a worship language. It's powerful. It's incredible. You'll do it. But when you really get full of the Holy Ghost, Joel chapter 2 said, and, and I'll pour out my spirit in the last days and on the sons and the daughters. The old men will dream dreams and the young men will see visions. And if you don't have a dream, it's because you don't have much of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit wants to give you the dream for His kingdom in these days that we're living in. And the more you get of the Holy Spirit, the more of a dream that He will give you. But what I've learned is the enemy always offers me a compromise on my dream. If God said you're going you're gonna to go to 1,000, don't compromise at 500. If God said 10,000, don't stop at 5,000. If God said a million businessmen, don't stop at 500,000. If God said 500 million, don't stop at 100 million. Don't 
compromise your dream. Well, I'm getting a little older and I don't see how I can do it. It's never up to you to make it happen. God sustains the dream. He lets you go through all kinds of stuff just to get you humble enough to handle what he's going to do. Get your spirit right. Get all the bitterness out. Get all the anger out. He waits and holds it and holds it and he sustains the dream. Notice that Joseph's brothers hated him for the dream and they delayed the dream. They denied the dream for a season. They, they held up the dream, but they could not kill the dream. There are forces that have tried to conspire and detain and delay and captivate your dream. But the Lord sent me to tell you the dream is still alive. They cannot kill. And if you've got a dream to see your family saved, it may be hindered. It may look like nothing. But I'm telling you, the dream is sustained by God. Don't stop praying it. At first, when you first get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, oh, my whole family's, I'm going to get my whole family in here. And because it hasn't happened just like you thought it would, you stop praying it. Well, I guess if I just get to heaven, I'm just trying to hold on myself. Don't compromise your dream. Say, I see them. Say, I see them. Do you remember what happened? They fabricated a false evidence. They took the coat of many colors, threw Joseph in the pit, beat him up, took the coat, dipped it in the blood of a goat, and took it back to the old father, Jacob. And they didn't say a lie. They just let him look at the false evidence and come up with a conclusion that was not at all true. They said, look at this. Look at the blood on this coat. Look how it's ripped to pieces. Look, does, does it, does, do you think he's dead? Yeah, I think he's dead. Do you think, do you, they, they just suggested it. That's what the enemy does to us. He waves the bloody coat over the dream. He waves it over and over and over. I cannot tell you the times that he did that to me. And he did that to us in this church. He waved it and said, this is it. This is it. This is it. It's over. Just quit. Just forgive up. Just settle. Just, just compromise on the dream. Don't, don't, don't believe but that's when the real test for the dream is going on. I guess what I'm preaching is when you understand that Jacob for 20 years, the Bible said he mourned every day for his son. He would take that bloody coat and mourn every day. He said these words, I will go to my grave mourning for my son, not knowing that while he was crying, Joseph was reigning as governor in second in charge of the most powerful nation in the world. Stop having funerals for dreams that are not dead. My child's never going to get off drugs. Stop having funerals for dreams that are not dead. And some of you young people, if it doesn't happen easy and quick, you just give up. Stop. Some of you have gone out to a big old oak tree in your mind spiritually and dug a hole and put your dream in there and buried it and walked away and said, I'll go to my grave morning. I'm 23 now and, and it's just not going to happen. God was sustaining Joseph while Jacob was crying. Whew. God will sustain the dream. Your dream is not dead. Your mission is not dead. Your blessing is not dead. Your ministry is not dead. It's not dead. Don't listen to the waving and look at the waving of the bloody coat and start compromising your dream. I think about Esther. I think about how in the book of Esther, God's name is not mentioned one time. It's the only book in the Bible God's name is not found in any form. 
He's not even mentioned. Not one time does it say, and somebody prayed to God or anything. Esther, you remember the story of Esther? There's a, there's a man named Haman. He's going to kill all the Jews, including her, and hang, and, and hang uh, Mordecai from a, from, a, from, a, from a hanging noose. It's bad. And God is nowhere in the whole book of Esther. His name in no form is mentioned, which tells me sometimes God doesn't autograph everything he's doing. He's just doing it. He's not telling you about it. He's not signing his initials on it. He's working even when you don't see it. He's working even when he's not announcing it or autographing it. The stuff you lay awake and worry about, he's already sustaining it and saying, now the enemy has delayed and hindered, but I'm just going to use that to get all this junk out of you, Joseph. But when you get there, the dream will be sustained. Somebody shout, my dream is alive. The dream is alive. The dream is alive. You know what I wrote down? I wrote down revival over America. I have a dream. I want to see revival come back to this nation that has lost its mind and has turned its back on God and is absolutely going in the wrong direction in almost every area. I want to see a Holy Ghost revival. That is the dream. It's not if I get this one in office or that happens. No man, nobody's going to fix this nation. It's too far gone. The only thing that can turn it around is revival. And if revival hits, look out. I don't believe we have to bury America. I don't believe we have to compromise and say, well, it ain't what it used to be. It will be if we have revival. And somebody's got to remember the dream. So I want you to see this. Joseph is on the throne and his brothers 20 years later come and kneel before him in the text that I read you. And when they kneel, this is the part of the story that is astounding. He's put his dreams on the back burner. He never mentions his dream nowhere in the Bible. From the time he had the dream, he, is, he never says anything about his dream for 20 plus years again. Never does he bring up his dream when he's in the pit, when he's in the prison, when he's going through this. Going, he, never, he lost the dream. He went through so much. He hurt so bad. He missed out on his father. He missed out on family life. He went through brokenness we can't imagine. And something happened and it made him put the dream in subconsciously on the back burner. And everybody, have you ever felt like everybody else's dream is happening and yours, nothing's happening? He watched the butler's dream come true. He watched the baker's dream come true. He watched Pharaoh's dream come true. He's, all these people's dreams are happening and his is on the back burner. But when he saw his brothers, listen to the words, he remembered the dream. It's like for 20 years he forgot the dream. But God said, now it's your turn. There are two things that could have stolen the dream from Joseph, and they're the same things that will steal your dream. Number one, when he saw his brothers, he remembered his dream, not his bitterness, not his animosity, not his anger. There is nothing that can steal our dreams like animosity toward our own family, our own brothers, our own sisters, our own mom, our own dad, our own son, our own daughter, our own father, our own mother. There is nothing that will dry up and steal the dream more than you allowing bitterness to get in you and start hating someone and wanting revenge. You see, we remember what we should forget and we forget what we should remember. And instead of remembering their jealousy, instead of remembering their lies, 
Instead of remembering the pit, instead of remembering the prison, instead of remembering all the things that, they had, that he had gone through, he remembered the dream. And he realized, if I hadn't gone through that, I couldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have not been in Egypt. God, what they did was wrong, but God meant it. They meant it for my evil, but God has used it for my good. So why should I be embittered against them? And then the second thing that can steal your dream, number one, the enemy wants you to get bitter, filled with animosity, hatred, unforgiveness, revenge. I mean, it would have been, a, you sorry dogs. Oh, I've been waiting for this for 20 years. I'm going to squash you like a bug. No. No, he remembered the dream. Secondly, this is so important. Think of how the Bible described Joseph in the text. He's sitting as the governor of all the land. He has a coat that Pharaoh himself took off of his back, a robe, and put on him and put his ring on his hand. He is living the blessings of palace life in favor with the king. I mean, he's ruling and reigning and on top of the world. And it's possible that the dream, maybe the reason he didn't remember the dream is he was so caught up in the party, in the palace, and the blessed life. Not that God didn't put him there. Not that God didn't give him all of that. But it could not and was not supposed. The great threat is the more God blesses us, we allow those things to steal the dream. He got distracted with the palace. He got distracted with the party. He got distracted and forgot about the harvest. Forgot about the dream. The dream was about the harvest. The reason that he passed the test is he decided I'm not going to try to get even with my enemies and I'm not going to sit back and just enjoy the blessings alone. It's almost like jo Joseph had completely forgotten what this was all about. And I'm afraid that's a picture of the church. The palace is a type of the church. When we get saved, do you remember the story? Joseph was in prison, and he was in prison with the butler and the baker, and he said to the baker, when he said, I had a dream, interpret it. And he said, well, in the dream, you're going to get called up before the king, and, and they're going to cut your head off. And then he moved quickly to the next person. And he said to the butler, because that, that story's over, and he said to the butler, he said, now in three days, you're gonna, you're, you had a dream, and here's the interpretation. In three days, you're going up before the king, and he is going to restore you in the palace. And he had one request. Don't forget me. Don't forget those down here that are still in the prison. Don't forget how horrible it is, these chains, this prison house of sin. Uh, when you're back in the palace, when you're back in the favor, when you're enjoying the festivals of palace life, the beauty and all of the blessings of a home and everything that God has blessed you with, don't forget the dream, Joseph. Don't forget, Joseph said, don't forget, sir, the prisoners. They're crying while you're partying. They're crying while you're going to church and having a big time. Somewhere there's prisoners dying, crying, sighing, lost hope. But the Bible said that when the baker made it to the king, he forgot him. He forgot the dream. He forgot Joseph. He forgot the prisoners. When your dream begins to come to pass and God calls you and pulls you out of sin and out of chains and out of prison houses of addiction and pain and brokenness and He blesses you with His favor and His presence Free Chapel, don't ever forget the prisoners 
Don't ever forget the people you've left behind. You were right there with them, but God by His mercy and grace and favor brought you out. And our job is to remember the dream and not forget that harvest is still crying for somebody to reach, for somebody to care. And my cry this morning is God save America. The Lord said to say to the, I said in the first service, it was 16,000. My daughter corrected me. There are over 20,000 women in Rachel's Army, a ministry we started that have signed up 20,000 plus women who said we will pray every day for that church to reach back and not just have a party on Sunday and rejoice that you're back in the favor with the King. Don't forget the prisoners and reach for them. But my cry this morning, it's, this sermon went different in the first service, and I feel it. All I wrote in my notes was, God save America, because that's a dream I have. And I believe we're living in a time where the Holy Spirit is saying, there's people crying, dying, and sighing. Don't forget the prisoners. Remember what the dream is about. It's not just about blessing you when you get in the palace, but it's about the harvest. Let the bitterness go, the unforgiveness go, the revenge go. Focus on the harvest because God has sustained the dream. Nothing they've done could kill that dream because God gave that dream. And the dream to see your family saved, God gave it. God gave it. It's sustained. I wonder this morning, how many veterans are in the room today at every campus? How many veterans? Just raise your hand if you're a veteran at every campus. Raise it high, unashamed. I, I have never done this except this morning. But I want every veteran that will to get out of your seat and come stand down here this morning. Men and women, come on, come on, just come, just come, just come. We love you. We thank God for you. I want you to come. I want every veteran in the house, if you served in any of the branches, come, 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 come. Everybody stand up on your feet, but don't move right now. This is a sacred moment. Unless you're a veteran, don't move. At every campus, I want every veteran in the room to come down front because somebody's got to get a dream for America. Somebody's got to believe that God could save America. We've come too far to watch the destruction and devastation that we're seeing in this nation. The cities are being overtaken with crime and violence and hell. The prisoners of sin in the prison house of sin are crying out to a church that's having a party. I'm ready. That's all that matters. I'm free. That's all that matters. If we're not careful, we forget the dream. I want you to raise your hands on behalf of this nation. Is this all the veterans? This is enough. I want you to start saying, God, everybody in this room, everybody listening to me online, everybody watching this by television, raise your hands over this nation and say, God, save our nation. God, save our cities. God, save our schools. God, save our cities and our nation. Save America. I, I apologize to those of you in our international audience. I don't normally do this, but I want to focus on America just a minute. Just throw your hands up and say, God can do it. Come on, dreamers. Come on, dreamers. Come on, dreamers. Come on, dreamers. We need some dreamers who will say, God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. God can save our schools.
Michael Thurman standing right down here. They got all the teachers together in Hall County, every one of them, and got them in one room and brought him in and said, speak to us. And he preached a message to them last week. God can save our schools. God can save our education, our educational world. Our whole academic world is being shaken to the roots right now. Universities have missed it. They need to change course and only a revival, only someone dreaming and praying for revival can make it happen. And I refuse to compromise that dream. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I, I got you down here for a reason because I'm going to get you to pray for America. Because your brothers and sisters who died in Afghanistan, 19, 19 soldiers a day are committing suicide. They're prisoners. 19, prison, 19 veterans a day are committing suicide from the Afghanistan war. Don't forget them. God save America. And I think why is because they said, what did we fight for? What did we lose our limbs for? What did we watch our comrades die for? Is this it? The dream for America? Is this it? God has so much more. And it starts with revival. You can't get it through politics. You got to turn to God. You got to turn back to God. We got to stop being wicked people. We got to, we got to quit doing wicked things. We got to quit slaughtering the innocent. We got to turn away from immorality. We've got to get back. Come on, church. Don't look at me funny. We don't have time to play those stupid little games. If, if we're not going to stand up for the Word of God, what are we here for? Shout it again. God save America. You're our only hope. I'm going to tell you something. It's on your money. I don't know how much longer it'll be on your money, but it's on your money. In God we trust. That's why we're great. That's why God's blessed us. That's why God's had His hand on this nation. In God we trust. Not in man. Not in this. Not in that. Not in this uh, humanism. In God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Boy, I feel this. There are prisoners, spiritually and physically, listening to me. But there are people in this room today who are lost. And you've been in a prison house of sin for a long time. And you know you were born for more. You know, and there was a time when you, when you had a spark a purpose and mission in your life but the enemy has just about snuffed it out and God brought you here today to come and do what Joseph's brothers did pow your knee and make Jesus Lord and I'm gonna do something I hadn't done in a long time except this morning but every head bowed and every eye closed if you would say pastor Jensen pray for me I'm lost I'm backslid. I'm far from God. I want to get right with God. Pray for me. If that's you, boldly raise your hand. Don't hesitate. Do it all over this room. Do it all over this room. Do it right now. If this message was for you and you know it, you need to have God restore the dream of living and serving Him. Keep that hand high. Every one of you that raised your hand, I'm not going to make you do it, but I felt like something broke in the first service and I believe it'll happen again today. Every one of you that have your hand raised at every campus, get out of your seat and come stand up here on this platform with me or with the pastor that is there. Come right now. If you raise your hand, come right now. Right now. Here they come. 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 This is a miracle. This is the dream. This is the dream. This is sons and daughters bowing their knee. This is moms and dads. Come on. Come on. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Pray. Pray, soldiers. Pray. Pray right now. God save America. Start it right here. 
God save America. God save America. Come on. Here they come. 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 They're still coming. They're just screaming. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, backslider. You're fighting it. Quit fighting it and yield to God's love. Come on. Come on. He knows your, he knows your prison. He knows the chains. Don't worry about it. Come to him just as I am. Just as I am. Come on. Come on. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is the hope of America. This is the dream of the Holy Spirit. This is the purpose of the church. This is why we build the buildings. This is why we do what we do. The dream is the thing. Come on, they're coming, they're coming. Clap your hands. As long as they're coming, we're going to clap. Stretch your hands this way. And I want every one of you to pray this prayer. Because Jesus is going to change your life today. He's going to restore some dreams, hope, purpose, focus. He's going to change some lives. He's not done with you yet. It's not over. The enemy's been waving a bloody coat, but it's not over. Don't compromise your dream and say, I'll just live with this addiction the rest of my life. No, you will not. Freedom is yours through the cross, through the nails, through the blood, through the name, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Generational curses are going to break instantly in the name of Jesus. Power, demonic power from dabbling in the occult is going to break in the mighty name of Jesus. Every curse is going to break in the name of Jesus. Pray right now. Everybody pray out loud. Say these words, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life. I turn it completely over to you. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. You shed your blood. You died on Calvary's cross to save a wretch like me. And today, I am forgiven. Today, my name is written in the book of life. I renounce Satan. I renounce his evil deeds. And I give Jesus lordship of my life. I receive it now. I'll never die. When I die, my spirit will live forever in heaven. I am forgiven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you've ever been here before. Please forgive me for embarrassing you. But the Lord said, He's setting you free from, I don't know any other way to say it, demonic chains. Pop, 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 pop. And in Jesus' name, you are free. Throw your hands up and praise the Lord. Throw your hands up and give Him glory. Jesus. Jesus. Throw your hands up, gentlemen and ladies, and declare, God save America. I want to close with this. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes. 
Jesus loves me. Touch it, young lady. You've been through a lot in your young life. But God sustained the dream for you. Lift your hands all over the room and sing it again. Yes, Jesus. He still loves you, dear lady. He's smiling over your life right now. He's smiling at where you're at right now. Oh, yes. Raise your hand and receive the blessing. Will you let this sermon get beyond the parking lot? If the enemy waves a bloody coat at you this week and tells you the dream is dead, you rebuke that. If he tries to get you to be bitter and angry and revengeful, you resist that. Because God's sustaining the dream over here. They can't do one thing with the plan of God. And don't let the blessings of the palace life make you not have a burden for the prisoners still bound. Raise your hand, receive. The reason we were able to pay cash for that building is because you make it happen. You do it, and you do it well, and we deeply, deeply appreciate your support. There's more coming. <laughs> more miracles are coming. Do you believe it? Favor is chasing you down. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine on you. Lift up His countenance upon you. And give you peace. In the mighty name of Jesus.
We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.